0: The following was recorded at the Seeking Peace Story Show, August 10th, 2017, at the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center in Albert Lee, Minnesota. Ross Persig is psyched to be a part of the story show crew once more, as storytelling through film is his biggest passion, and let's face it, he likes the attention. Even though he enjoys living on the other side of the pond, he makes it back to the US for holidays for the annual Persig Board Game Bash on New Year's Eve. He is a TED Talk junkie, and if you really want to get him going, just mention education, globalization, or the Backstreet Boys. (laughs) The Man in Auschwitz by Ross Persig.
1: Kazimierz Piachowski was sent to Auschwitz death camp when he was 19. He was a Polish boy scout, a group that the Nazis hated as they were dedicated to serving Poland. At the camp, Piachowski would have to watch countless people forced out in front of the wall of death, completely naked before a German officer would shoot them. He had to pick up the corpses by the ankle, while another prisoner grabbed them by the wrists and they stacked them in a cart. Prisoners had to keep a bowl, both for eating and going to the bathroom. The food they were given was meager, usually a watery soup with bits of rotten potatoes, if you were lucky. Losing this bowl meant starvation and death. One day during roll call, Piahovsky saw a prisoner run from the line and throw himself on the electric barbed wire fence, killing himself. He knew he, he couldn't let himself feel that hopeless, or he would do the same thing. He needed to keep living. After almost two years in the camp, Piahowski was still alive, but things were getting more horrible and twisted. They started building gas chambers to kill thousands of people people in a matter of minutes. One of Piahowski's friends saw that his own name was on the execution list. He suggested to Piahowski that they try the impossible to escape from Auschwitz. Piochowski thought he was crazy to think of such a thing, but another prisoner who was also interested in escaping worked as a mechanic for the soldiers at the camp, fixing the officer's car. He was often allowed to test drive it around the camp. But even if they stole the car, they weren't gonna be able to just drive out in their prison uniforms without being noticed. They needed German Nazi uniforms. One day, Piochowski saw the German word Bekleidungskammer on a door, Piechowski was fluent in German as he lived near the German border and had German friends as a kid. He knew Bekleidungskammer meant clothing and clothing meant SS uniforms. Well they recruited two other guys who wanted to escape and the four of them met in an attic to go over their plan and agreed that if they failed they'd shoot themselves because shooting a German officer meant the death of 10 innocent prisoners. When the day came they opened a hatch and jumped down into an underground corridor leading to the uniform's room. Once they made it to the room, they quickly put on the uniforms and took the weapons that, ironically, they couldn't use. They stole the car and were now driving it towards the exit of the camp. As they passed a Nazi on his bike, he saluted them, Hitler!" They hid their surprise and saluted right back, laughing and, and terrified at the same time. They were approaching the main gate. Then things stopped being funny. As the car got closer, the soldier at the gate didn't open it. 80 meters away, the gate was down. 40 meters, still down. 20 meters, the soldier didn't raise the gate. They knew now that their plan had failed. They were so close to freedom but they resigned to their fate. They started saying their prayers, saying goodbye to their mothers and their minds. As the car slowed five meters away, the prisoner behind Piachowski nudged him and said, which meant do something. He knew it was literally life or death, literally now or never. With his Nazi uniform on and his knowledge of the German language, he knew he had to become the Nazi officer. When the car stopped and the German looked at the car, Piochowski opened the door, cocked his rifle, and yelled in German, Are you asleep, you fool? Open the gate or I'll open you up! The German's shoulder was was scared as he saw Piochowski's rank and apologized. And he opened the gate, allowing the four men to drive away to freedom. I discovered Kazimierz Piochowski's story two years ago after watching The Runaway, a documentary about his escape. After more research, I discovered he was still living in Poland. I I instantly felt this intense need and desire to meet him. I I didn't know how or when, but I needed to do it. A year went by, and I managed to get an opportunity to go back to teach English in Spain. While in Spain, I bought a ticket to Poland during Easter week, my only vacation days. I still had no idea how or if I would meet Kazimierz Spichowski. Then I thought about emailing the Auschwitz Museum, and I did. I emailed them and asked for any contact information they may have. I assumed they either wouldn't email me back or that they would tell me that this is confidential information. But a few days after, they responded, saying something I found almost too unreal to believe. We contacted Mr. Mr. Piachowski, and he agreed to give you his phone number. I was shocked. Weeks later, I contacted a a Polish guy named Marek via couchsurfing.com who also wanted to meet Kazimierz Piechowski and who lived in the same city as him. So Marek ended up calling Kazimierz Piechowski to arrange a meeting. And eventually, Piechowski agreed to meet with us. But there was one problem. He couldn't meet during the time I would be in Poland. He said he could meet in a couple weeks' time. This was my moment. Who knows how long I'll be in Europe or how much longer Piechowski would be alive, honestly, because he's almost 100 years old. I needed to take action. So I bought another ticket to Poland for the next weekend to visit Mr. Piachowski. I got there. Marek and I were nervous and excited. We get to the house. We ring the doorbell. We hear his voice. And there he was, I couldn't believe I was, I was shaking hands with a man who lived through an escape from Auschwitz. He invited us in. He gave us something to drink. He showed us his photo album of his travels from all around the world. I asked him to write, do something, on, on a piece of paper. I felt so honored and inspired after Mark and I said goodbye. Meeting him was a dream come true. So a few months go by, and eventually it's Easter week. Remember I had already bought a ticket to Poland during this time. So I went back to Poland. When walking along the streets with a Polish friend of mine, Claudia, we happened to run into Kazimierz Bukowski, just by chance. She, she nudges me. I'm like, there he is. Uh, my heart was pounding. I didn't know what to say to him. I didn't know if he would remember me or be offended. I, I didn't know. But I walked up to him. I introduced myself again. And I told him, I, I actually had taken what he wrote on a piece of paper, Zrupsosh, and I brought it to my friend Jorge, who was a tattoo artist. And I got the words tattooed on my arm in his handwriting, exactly how he wrote it on paper. Meeting him once was already a dream come true. And then running into him once more and being able to show him how much his story affected my life made it all even more significant. And now I have regular contact with his nephew, Daniel, who arranged a ceremony to celebrate the 75th anniversary of his uncle's escape this year. Sadly, there is a tragic twist to the story. Kazimierz Spiehovsky never really escaped from Auschwitz. His physical body did, but even today he still has nightmares of his time there. On top of that, he's had an extremely tragic and difficult personal life. Shortly after Auschwitz, the Soviet government imprisoned him for seven years more. They stole my youth, he said. And when he got out, a woman he had fallen in love with had already gotten married and she had had children. Heartbreak plagued him ever since. And though he was eventually able to travel the world, he's still not able to leave the demons in his mind. Auschwitz is a museum for us, something in the past, but for Kashmir's it's still real. I'm left wondering, is it possible to find peace after so much darkness? Who pays for a stolen life? Stolen dreams? What makes life worth living? And how can we give peace back to those who've had it stolen from them? Well, one thing was clear for Kazimierz. One thing was clear for me. And one thing should be clear for all of us. We have to zrupzosh. We have to do something. Thank you.
0: The Seeking Peace Story Show was produced by Riley Wirth and me, Jeremy Corey Greenus. To hear more, check out our Facebook page and the Story Show Podcast. Our intro and outro music was composed by Jasper Corey Flatto.